Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. A trip in the time machine this morning. 25 years ago yesterday, Ron Weber signed off for the very last time. Ron joins me this morning to reflect and remember on his time as the voice of the Capitals. Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday, April 14th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way into Capital One Arena. It's a bit of a different show for you today, and depending on how old you are, will dictate how it'll hit with you. If you were a Capitals fan in the 70s, 80s, or 90s, we're going to put you in the Wayback Machine today. If you came along later than that, call today's episode a Caps History Lesson. 25 years ago yesterday marked the end of an era in Capitals hockey. April 13, 1997, was the final broadcast for original Caps radio voice Ron Weber after 23 seasons at the mic. Ron was on the call from the team's very first game in 1974 and for the first season for the team when they won just eight games all season and exactly one road game the entire year. He was there as the awful expansion years of the 1970s gave way to playoff contenders in the 80s and 90s. His last year was just before the Caps went to the Stanley Cup Final for the very first time in 1998. When the Capitals made the final again in 2018, we had him on the call with us for Game 4 at Capital One Arena against the Vegas Golden Knights. He got to ride in the parade shortly thereafter. Here this morning, the man that started it all on the Capitals radio network, he still lives locally, he still visits me in the booth before almost every home game. He's still beloved by those who grew up with him and by those he taught the game to in the Mid-Atlantic region. My conversation with Hockey Hall of Famer and the original voice of the Capitals, Ron Weber. All right, hanging out here in the radio booth with the original voice of the Washington Capitals, Ron Weber. 25 years ago, April 13th, 1997, your last broadcast for the Capitals in Buffalo against the Sabres after 23 years. Some of the guys on that team, Peter Bondra, Dale Hunter, Adam Oates, Steve Conowalchuk, Phil Housley, among others. Tell me some of your memories of that day, the game, and then what it was like when you walked out of the odd that night in Buffalo. Well, when I walked out, it was more bitter than sweet. Let's put it that way. I did not leave in my own volition. But looking back on it, I'm not a bit sorry it happened. Because uh, my wife said, why don't you just smell the roses with me when we didn't? I didn't have to. I said, well, let's see if my financial advisor says we can live without my salary. And it turned out we could. So 25 years have gone by since that time. But that night in Buffalo... I guess I didn't want to let myself think about the enormity. I wanted to just stick to doing the game. That last year, because they thought they were, I guess, breaking in Joe Beninati to be the radio voice succeeding me, 
he ended up starting television and 25 years later still there good for joe but uh they had him do the play-by-play of the second period and as i was talking at the end of that first intermission and i started to turn it over to to joe and he waved me off no you and so uh, i did all three periods for the first time in half a season i guess and uh, I, i do remember that but I don't even remember like who I sat next to on the plane ride home or any of that stuff. I, one thing about the game, I remember, is a guy named Yogi Svekovsky scored four goals in the 8-4 win in Buffalo. Yogi never got a three-goal game, exactly three goals, but he got a four-goal game <laughs> at the end of his rookie season. A way to go out, and the Capitals were missing the playoffs only like the second time in 16 years or something. So in a way, I knew that was the last game. Had they made the playoffs, you'd never know till it ends. So, you know, I could sort of gear myself. It was tough. 23 years, 1,936 games without missing one, which was credit not only to my trying to stay fit, but just good luck of avoiding illness and injuries. And, and my family were no big enough family crisis to make me miss a game. Came close a couple of times. But also, I ought to thank those that hired me. They could have gotten rid of me a lot sooner than... 24th year of the Capitals. Ron, this is one of the coolest jobs I think anybody could have. I wouldn't do it if I didn't think so, and you wouldn't have done it either. What was your favorite part about being the voice of the Capitals, and what maybe did you miss the most when you weren't doing it anymore? Around the National Anthem time, believe it or not. As the National Anthem was played, almost every time I could say, I may not have the best broadcast anybody have, but I'm as well prepared as I can be to do tonight's game. My, for home games, my family was right in, in the row right in front of me at the old Capitol Center, and I said, I've got there only about 50 play-by-play men back then, radio, TV, and so forth, about 50 play-by-play jobs in the National Hockey League, and I've got one of them, and I'm ready for it. Bring it on. And so when the National Anthem was played the next year, when I'm just sitting there, you might say, in the stands, it was a twang. And there were times when I would come up and watch somebody on radio or TV. I wanted to steal their microphone, you know. That hurt just standing there. But day in and day out, away from it, no, I didn't reflect back a lot, and I think that was good I didn't. First season in the NHL, 1974-75, the Capitals won exactly one road game. One in 39, one road game. What's it like being on the road for an entire season with a hockey team that only wins one game? Well, but look at the full picture. They only won eight, seven at home, and the one in Oakland at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena, which still stands, was used by the Warriors in basketball until last year or the year before. And what I remember most is the Seals announcer was a a very good buddy of mine then and now, Joe Starkey, the voice of the San Francisco 49ers for years and still the voice of the California Bears college football team. But Joe and I went to this, down the, down Hegeberger Highway to this place, which was a combined beer joint and cafeteria, very unusual. And I'm not a drinker, so I was going for the food. And I sat there with Joe, and I sit back, I said, you know, this is so good. I'm soaking in the fact we won. It hadn't happened on the road. And as you know, I think the game stays with you more after a road game. Home game, you go back to your house and your family and you you say goodbye to people for the night. But on the road, you're still with them. You're still thinking hockey more. It sort of soaks in longer. And that sure was a good feeling sitting there. Remember my hand up on the rear of the booth, my arm, and just dwelling on the fact 
by golly, we won the games. Good thing we did because the next two games were against Detroit and Montreal, very good teams, their last two road games, and we weren't going to win one of those. They paraded a trash can around, is that right? Well, I wasn't down there for that. I was still up there getting the final stats together and stuff like that. You know, back then you had to beat some of them over the head to get the plus-minus figures for the game. They wouldn't put them on the regular stats, and, and I always insisted on that. So I was probably doing that, but, but I heard about it right away. Beating Montreal for the first time, beating the Flyers for the first time, those were elusive back in the day as the Caps were growing from being a laughing stock in the 70s into the 80s, but the, you were there for the stepping stones when this team started to become a perennial contender. Yeah, after about 30 games with Montreal, we had a, draw, we had a tie. That was the best we could play. <laughs> and yet, you know, with real success against the Canadians in, in the middle of the 47 years and later, they're doing a job catching up. We finally ended up with more wins than losses about a year and a half or two years ago. When that happened, I called Russ White, the original beat man for the late lamented Washington Star, Evening Star newspaper. He had written in his story after a particularly galling loss in Detroit, I think, that we're now 150 games under 500. This team will never get to be an over 500 for their career team. And then he wrote the next paragraph, the saddest and briefest paragraph I've ever seen about the Capitals. The one word was never. He just repeated never. Well, when it happened, when Carter Myers, a statistician and probably my best friend now that's still alive and, and isn't related to me, uh, Carter clued me in on that. And I, I called Russ down in Florida and said, you were wrong. <laughs> we have more wins than losses. Hooray. Come a long way since then. Oh, well, of course, the since was after 160 games, we won 19. Two years to get 19 wins. The thing, people said, how did you stand that? I said, two things. One, I was finally the number one announcer of a major league team in a sport I love. The other thing is, I was the color man for the Philadelphia 76ers in a year they went 9-73, and 73, I believe. So, and I did some of the play-by-play, because -play, Bill Campbell, the announcer, would various reasons would miss a game here and there or even in one case he saw his doctor was oh I need to get a shot he would do the first quarter and he ran off. <laughs> so I I was pretty close to the team even if I didn't travel for most of the road games and uh, so but that got me in fact I tried to get Bill to stop smoking and he said this is the wrong year for me to try to do that it got better the Capitals through the 80s the 90s you still live here you still come to games all the time we're chatting here in the home radio booth right now 2018, there is you here in game four in this very booth calling the game with Ken and myself in the Stanley Cup final, and then the team ends up winning. For everyone in this area, it meant something meaningful, personal, family-wise, something, friends, whatever it was. For you, what did it mean now with a few years in a review, even since 2018, to watch this team finally win the Stanley Cup after all that time. Total exhilaration, and thankfully it came before my wonderful, beautiful wife passed away. She's been gone about two and a half years now. She died before the Nationals won the World Series, but she was alive and coherent and so forth. I was in her hospital room in that clinching fifth game out in Las Vegas, and big hugs. Again, it was just total exhilaration, finally, after all these years. I didn't have to worry about whether we would become the team longest having gone the most years without winning the cup. You know, the Blues the next year followed us like that. But uh, there was always Toronto, I guess. 
<laughs> but it, it was a long, long time. And I didn't think they'd do it in my lifetime. After Finally, you know, after a while, he just got sort of inured to the fact. Because I'd say at least two times, we had a better team than the year we won. We had a, the best overall record several times. But the playoffs are such that how, how often does the team with the best record win? The Avalanche? Hey, I'd give considerable odds against them winning. It isn't like they're, they're going to be a cinch. They're well ahead of everybody else in the true test that I think six months playing every other team. Well, this year it's almost seven months, I guess. It's more of a test, but nevertheless, we're playoff-oriented these days in sports in this, in this country. And the regular season is nice, but not as near as significant as winning the last game of the playoffs. There's uh, some questions that people had sent in off Twitter that they wanted to ask you that I will get to in a moment. You mean a lot to a lot of people who follow hockey in this town because in your day, you were the guy. There wasn't TV on every night. Every game wasn't televised. There weren't streaming on phones and all of that. The parade specifically. And for those who have, I will never, of all the things people ask me, what are your favorite memories? And I got a million of them from all the places we went in two months' time to them winning on the ice and all of that. But one of my favorite memories, without a doubt, in the car with you on the parade on Constitution Avenue. And it, Ron, it wasn't two people. It was at least 20 different people who saw you, old-time fans who've been around from the very beginning, they saw you and they are weeping on the streets. I'll never forget that. They were so happy to see you involved with this. I'll never forget that. That was one of my favorite memories. I believe you were the one that got me on that, uh, sitting on the over the left rear fender of that snazzy convertible. And, you know, I'd yell things out, my, my, sort of a catchphrase. The last thing I'd say after a win is I signed off for the game. I'd say, it's been a two-point night. Yes. And all I had to say that, and it would be big, big cheers. I said that, I don't know, you remember, three or four times riding down there. And that's right up there with the, the night they won the cup, I'll tell you. That parade, that was terrific. I mean, the people were 30 deep. Yeah. All along the avenue. Once we got down to the end where they had the stands and everything, there was a big crowd there. But somehow, I guess maybe it's because I was just up in the over in a corner. But somehow the main feeling there came from the parade, not the culmination speeches and stuff like that. It was one of the best days of my life. Thank you. Yeah, it was, and one of mine, and one of so many people who were down there that day, even after they won. May I say this? You said about people recognize me. Yeah. It still happens. Here, I'm 25 years from my last game. I was on radio for all but the second, third, and fourth seasons only. It wasn't like people saw my face a lot, and they still recognize me. You know, I guess that's a compliment that the good Lord hadn't let my. He didn't give me handsome features to start with, but he's let me keep them a long time, except for my hair. <laughs> and I'm wow. wearing a cap. Uh, but people recognize me. Some of them even recognize my voice. Like yeah. last year one time, had a guy says, he says, are you Ron Weber? And I said, yes, on, on the subway riding home. Uh, I take the red line to Glenmont, and, and he, says, he says to his companion, see, I told you, I knew that voice, yeah. you know. And, and, and we're going back, well, then 23 years, for goodness sake since he last heard me. And I thought, that's remarkable. I'm, I'm so impressed, but also so surprised by that. Here's some more to that end. That prepare to be surprised more because Melanie off Twitter asked how you're doing, first of all, and she wanted to say that she listened to you with her dad all the time and hearing you 
keeps her dad's spirit alive. This was, you know, to her, I think to a lot of people who have been longtime fans, just hearing your voice, even in game four and being involved in the final and interviews like this, and you've come back periodically with us, people hear your voice and that takes them to an entirely different place in time in Washington hockey all over again. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're not on TV because I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to, them to see my eyes are getting a little glistening. <laughs> but it is amazing how they they remember and recognize me, and I'm so grateful, so grateful. Mark from Twitter asked, uh, "What's your most memorable play call? 23 years, you got a lot to pick from. There were the wins the first time over Montreal Flyers playoffs. What do you got? The Flyers playoff, this the seventh game goal by Dale Hunter." That was it. The pass from Larry Murphy up the ice, I can see it right now. And I can see Ron Hextall realizing the puck was in behind him. He just leaned over backwards, so his 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 back was flush on the ice, just in the in with inside the goal. We had come from behind three games to one. We had come from behind three goals to one in that seventh game. Gary Galley scored two goals there. I don't think he did that all season long. And it was just a magical, magical comeback because and the Capitals still, I think, may hold the negative record of most times blowing a three games to one lead. We did it four times in my watch, maybe once since, I'm not sure. To, to reverse that and against the team we love to hate the most, that was sweet. Ron, I can't thank you enough for doing this. We'll have to do this again. I could do this for hours, and I know fans would love to hear more of it. Maybe we'll do that over the summer sometime. But thank you so much again for joining us here on Caps this morning and doing it here from the radio booth. Right where you belong, my friend. Thank you, and thanks for having me. Regardless of how old you are, I hope you enjoyed the trip in the time machine this morning and my chat with original radio voice of the Capitals, Ron Weber. Tonight, it's the Capitals and the Maple Leafs. It's at 7. Radio side tonight, we're on 980 AM. We strongly recommend CapsRadio247.com for the best quality audio. Coming up at 4 o'clock this afternoon, Ben has Caps game day for you on Caps Radio 24-7, previewing tonight's opponent and more. In the meantime, have a great Thursday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.